0: Law 24, Play the Perfect Courtier. The perfect courtier thrives in a world where everything revolves around power and political dexterity. He has mastered the art of indirection. He flatters, yields to superiors, and asserts power over others in the most oblique and graceful manner. Learn and apply the laws of courtiership and there will be no limit to how far you can rise in the court. So we don't have courtiers anymore today, but a courtier was someone who lived in Royalty and who was usually an advisor or a companion To someone with a lot of power such as a king or queen But to be a courtier was quite a dangerous game because usually blame was placed on these on these people quite often and they were Made to walk some type of like a tightrope having to please but not please too much obey but somehow distinguish themselves from other courtiers or never distinguishing yourself too far to make somebody a ruler insecure, it's a very a very dangerous game. But there is much, a lot to be learned from these individuals. They are like magicians of appearance, of magicians of manipulation. And Robert says there may be no more sun kings, but there are still plenty of people who believe the sun revolves around them. The royal court may have more or less disappeared or at least lost this power, but courts and courtiers still exist because power still exists. There is much to be learned from great courtiers, past and present. As I look over this law, I try and think of how I can relate the the stories of these kings and queens and nobility who have lived hundreds of years ago and link the dynamics of power from that to today. And I I think I think a really good way to do it is like this, okay? So in the modern day, this law is is perfectly exemplifies a modern day workplace or, or a social group. So, your boss acts as the king, your superiors are other nobility, and your colleagues act as other courtiers. So, when I read these next 15 laws of court politics, try and think and link how that those dynamics relate to your social group or your workplace. Because trust me, they do, they are very relevant. The laws of court politics. Avoid ostentation, it is never too prudent to prattle on about yourself or call too much attention to your actions. The more you talk about your deeds, the more suspicion you cause. Be careful, ever so careful in trumpeting your own achievements and always talk less about yourself than about other people. Modesty is generally preferable. Now that links to law 3 and 4, consider your intentions, always say less than necessary and law 1, which is never outshine the master, your master, if you are in a workplace, is your boss. So that's how that relates. Law 2 Practice nonchalance, never seem to be working too hard. Your talent must appear to flow naturally, with an ease that makes people take you for a genius. Even when something demands a lot of sweat, make it look effortless. People prefer to not see your blood and toil, which is another form of ostentation. It is better for them to marvel at how gracefully you have achieved your accomplishment than to wonder why it took so much work. Law 3 Be frugal with flattery It may seem that your superiors cannot get enough flattery, but too much of even a good thing loses its value. It also stirs up suspicion among your peers. Learn to flatter indirectly. By downplaying your own contribution for example, your master looks better. Law 4 Arrange to be noticed you cannot display yourself too brazenly, yet you must also get yourself noticed. In the court of Louis XIV, whoever the king decided to look at, rose instantly in the court hierarchy. You stand no chance of rising if the ruler does not notice you in the swamp of courtiers, aka the swamp of other employees. Pay attention to your physical appearance then, and find a way to create a distinctive, a subtly distinctive style and image. Law <clears throat> 5. Alter your style and language according to the person who you are dealing with. A pseudo-belief in equality, the idea that talking and acting the same way with everyone no matter what their rank makes you somehow a paragon of civilization. It is a terrible mistake. Those below you will take it as a form of condescension, which it is, and those above you will be offended, although they may not admit it. You must change your style and your way of speaking to suit each person this is not lying it is acting and acting is an art this is also true from a great variety of cultures found in modern, the modern court never assume that your criteria of behavior and judgment are universal not only is the inability to adapt to another culture the height of barbarism it puts you at a disadvantage i think it's a very very crucial important law that so many people neglect alter your speech you have to alter and hide certain characteristics about yourself depending on the context of who you're talk depending on the context, right? So depending on the demographic of who you're talking to, I'm not gonna talk the same way to a 70-year-old the same way I'm gonna talk to a 30-year-old. Now that's a very obvious example, yes, we all realize that, but it's the little nuances that we don't realise. It's okay, what type of beliefs does this person hold? Oh he- oh she's a he's a vegan? Oh okay i'm gonna pull back on saying this and maybe say this instead or i'm gonna conceal my attentions and always say less than necessary law three and four and not reveal this belief i hold about myself play to the context of who you're talking to of where you are and the demographic of who you're talking to law six never be the bearer of bad news the king kills the messenger who brings the bad news This is a cliche, but there is truth to it. You must struggle and if necessary, lie and cheat to be sure that the lot of the bearer of bad news falls on a colleague, never on you. Bring only good news and your approach will gladden your master. Law 7. Never affect friendliness and intimacy with your master. He does not want a friend for a subordinate. He wants a subordinate. Never approach him in an easy, friendly way or act as if you are on the best of terms. That is his prerogative. If he chooses to deal with you on this level, assume a way of chumminess. Otherwise, err in the opposite direction and make the distance between you clear. Law 8. Never criticize those above you directly. This may seem obvious, but there are often times when some sort of criticism is necessary. To say nothing or to give no advice would open you to risks of another sort. You must learn, however, to capture advice and criticism as indirectly and as politely as possible. Think twice three times before deciding you have made them sufficiently courteous. Err on the side of subtlety and gentleness. Law 9 Be frugal in asking those above you for favors. Nothing irritates a master more than having to reject someone's request. It stirs up guilt and resentment. Ask for favors as rarely as possible and know when to, when to stop. Rather than making yourself the supplicant, it is always better to earn your favours, so that the ruler bestows them willingly. Most important, do not ask for favours on another person's behalf, least of all are friends. And it's not just the masters in your workplace, uh, your boss in your workplace who may have resentment towards you for asking for many favours, but it's also friends, and think about that, close friends can also... Uh, Hide their resentment and and ill feelings towards you if you're constantly coming to them to take something Law 10 never joke about appearances or taste Avoid any kind of joke about appearance or taste to highly sensitive areas Especially with those above you don't even try it when you are far away from them. You will dig your own grave People love to talk about each other around people's backs When I hear people doing this which I hear often um. I kind of, I I personally retreat. No, not retreat. No, yeah, I'm gonna stick by it. I retreat in the way where I am quiet, where where I kind of don't say much anymore. And I just listen because I know whatever I'm saying, whatever I say next will be talked about next. I believe in this. If you say anything, you lose everything. You say anything, you lose everything. So, and I think you lose even by saying nothing, right? In these situations where people are talking about each other behind people's backs. But I think it's better to, to say nothing than to say something, really. Because if you say something, they have more to talk about, with right there. They have more to grab onto and manipulate and take out of context, which happens very often. If I say nothing, if we say nothing, then they have nothing to take. All they have is rumours, all they have is their preconceived notions, right? Which they have created on their own. Law 11. Do not be the court cynic. Express admiration for the good work of others. If you constantly criticise your equals or subordinates, some of that criticism will rub off on you, hovering over you like a grey cloud. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Do not constantly criticise your equals or subordinates. By expressing modest admiration for other people's achievements, you paradoxically call attention to your own. The ability to express wonder and amazement, and seem like you mean it, is a rare and dying talent, but one still greatly valued. Law 12 Be self-observant You need a mirror for your actions. This can sometimes come from other people telling you what they see in you, but that is not the most trustworthy method. You must be the mirror, training your mirror to try and see yourself as others see you. Are you acting too obsequious? Are you trying too hard to please? Do you seem desperate for attention? Giving the impression that you are on the decline? Be observant about yourself and you will avoid a mountain of blunders. In other words, be self-aware. Self-awareness is one of the most undervalued skills in human fucking existence. I am so passionate about this idea of self-awareness that it has become my most uh, recommended and viewed peace on medium and it's become that because I, f- I believe in it so much most people are not self-aware to understand their strengths and weaknesses and are not self-aware to be able to see from different perspectives be self-observant law 13 master your emotions As an actor in a great play, you must learn to cry and laugh on command, and when it is appropriate. You must be able to both disguise your anger and frustration, and to fake your contentment and agreement. You must be the master of your own face. Call it lying if you like, but if you prefer to not play the game and to always be honest and upfront, do not complain when others call you obnoxious and arrogant. Now see how this links, mastering your emotions, being able to disguise anger and frustration, Links with altering your style and language according to the person you're dealing with. Go back to it, you'll see what I'm saying. Law 14 Fit the spirit of the times. Wearing the fashions of 10 years ago is ludicrous, unless you enjoy the role of court jester. Your spirit and way of thinking must keep up with the times, even if the times offend your sensibilities. Be too forward thinking, however, and no one will understand you. It is never a good idea to stand out too much in this area. Are best off at least being able to mimic the spirit of the times. I believe this little law can be reversed is if you're in a creative field, if you're in the arts, if you're in fashion and clothing, where I think being too forward thinking can be to your advantage. So manipulate it within the context of your faculties of the lane you're in. Law 15: be a source of pleasure. Charm and the promise of delight will draw us like moths to a flame make yourself the flame and you will rise to the top. Since life is otherwise so full of unpleasantness and pleasure, so scarce, you will be indispensable as food and drink." Food and drink for other people. That's what he means. Food and drink for other people to suck on and to take. You have to be the source of this light people will gravitate towards you. This may seem obvious but what is obvious is often ignored or unappreciated. There are degrees to this. Not everyone can play the role of favourite. For not everyone is blessed with charm and wit, but we can all control our unpleasant qualities and obscure them when necessary. We can all control our unpleasant qualities and obscure them when necessary." I had to say that again. Now I think this this quote ties this all in very well, and why this is all very important. A man who knows the court is the master of his gestures, of his eyes, of his face, he is profound, impenetrable, he dissimulates bad officers, smiles at his enemies, controls his irritation, disguises his passions, bellies his heart, speaks and acts against his feelings. Jean de la Brière Law 24. Play the Perfect Courtier. Part 2. Scenes of Court Life. Exemplary Deeds and Fatal Mistakes. Scene 1. Alexander the Great, conqueror of the Mediterranean Basin and the Middle East through to India, had the great Aristotle as his tutor and mentor, and throughout his short life he remained devoted to philosophy and his master teaching. Alexander once complained to Aristotle that during his long campaigns he had no one with whom he could discuss philosophical matters. Aristotle responded by suggesting that he take Callistine, a former pupil of Aristotle's and a promising philosopher in his own right, along on the next campaign. Aristotle had schooled Calistines in the skills of being a courtier, but the young man secretly scoffed at them. He believed in pure philosophy, in unadored words, in speaking the naked truth. If Alexander loved learning so much, Calistines thought, he could not object to one who spoke his mind. During one of Alexander's major campaigns, Calistein spoke his mind one too many times, and Alexander had put him to death. Interpretation In courts, honesty is a fool's game never be so self-absorbed as to believe that the master is interested in your criticisms of him no matter how accurate they are. Now think back to the last video, part 1, of Law 24. How can that link to the last laws I was talking about in that video? Well, I'll tell you right now what some of the laws that Calistines broke. In Law 24 he, he broke the law of alter your style and language according to the person you are dealing with and most importantly, never criticise those above you directly. Calestine's arrogance got ahead of him, he contradicted those two laws, and he died. Scene 3. French architect Jules Mansart received commissions to design minor additions to the Vesalis for King Louis XIV. Mansart's particular skill was to show the King's plans that purposely included something imperfect about them often dealing with the gardens which were not Mansart's specialty. The king, as Mansart expected, would point his finger exactly on the problem and propose how to solve it, at which point Mansart would exclaim for all to hear that he would never seen the problem that the king had so masterfully found and solved. He would burst with admiration, confessing the next king he was but a lowly pupil. Mansart consequently eventually received a prestigious royal commission, although he was less talented and experienced that a number of other French designers, he was to take charge of the enlargement of Versailles. He was the king's architect from then on. Interpretation. Mansart had seen how many royal craftsmen in service of Louis XIV had lost their positions not through lack of talent, but through costly social blunders. Mansart always always strove to make Louis feel better about himself, to feed the king's vanity as publicly as possible. Never imagine that skill and talent at all that matter. In court, the courtier's arts is more important than his talent. Never spend so much time on your studies that you neglect your social skills. And the greatest skill of all is the ability to make the master look more talented than those around him. Now how can this feed into your life? What if you're on a, on a on the basketball team, if you're on a sports team, and you have to feed somebody's ego a lot of the time, whether it be a coach or a better player on the team, in order to a either get the ball or to get court time and this can be throughout any sport so let's take it back to part one of law 24 the previous video so mansart was self-observant which is one of the laws he and he was frugal with flattery because superiors can never get enough flattery But he flattered very intelligently, he flattered indirectly by downplaying his own contribution, feigning mistakes that he knew were already there, but making the king feel better. He never appeared too perfect. Scene 7 In ancient China, Chao ruler of Hang from 358 to 330 BC got drunk and fell asleep in the palace gardens. The court crown keeper, whose sole task was to look after the ruler's head apparel, passed through the gardens and saw his master sleeping without a coat. Since it was getting cold, the crown keeper placed his own coat over the ruler and left. When Chow woke and saw the coat upon him, he asked his, a- his attendants, Who put more clothes on my body? The crown keeper, they said. The ruler immediately called for his official coat keeper and had him punished for neglecting his duties. He also called for the crown keeper whom he had beheaded. Interpretation. Do not overstep your bounds, do what you are assigned to do to the best of your abilities and never do more. To think that by doing more you are doing better is a common blunder. It is never good to seem to be trying too hard, it is as if you are covering up some deficiency. Fulfilling a task that has not been asked of you just makes people suspicious. If you are a crown keeper, be a crown keeper. Save your excess energy for when you are not in the court. I put a little note here when I first read this. Apply to specific contexts, and that is exactly what you need to do. So the uh, context where you would want to execute that is maybe with a jealous superior who is afraid of someone taking his position. Maybe it's best not to do more. But then, where I disagree with this um, is if you're providing a service, a cu- some type of customer service to people. Okay. Or you're running a business, right? And you're providing a providing a goods or service. That's when I think you should do more than you are required to do. That is when I think it's seen as a good thing to be trying hard. Scene eleven. On his tour in America, Winston Churchill visited Henry Luce, an American publisher, the creator of the Time magazine. Luce kept one of Churchill's landscapes' paintings hanging in his private office. The publisher remarked to Churchill, It's a good picture, but I think it needs something in the foreground, a sheep, perhaps. Churchill's secretary the next day called the publisher and asked to have the painting sent to England. Luce was mortified that he had perhaps offended the former Prime Minister. A few days later, the painting was shipped back and slightly altered, a single sheep now grazed peacefully in the foreground. Interpretation Churchill was a very powerful man, but so was Luce. So they were on similar levels at the time. It is unwise to insult or offend the taste of people of power, even if they are below or equal to you. If a man like Churchill can swallow the criticism of a man like Luce, he proves himself a courtier without peer. Perhaps his correction of the painting implied a certain condescension as well, but he did so so subtly that Luce did not perceive any slight. Imitate Churchill, put in the sheep, It is always beneficial to play the obliging courtier, even when you are not serving the master. So Churchill left his ego at the door, that's what he did. He did not blow up in anger, as many old kings may have, because he was more mature than that. He was more self-aware, he was more intelligent. Courtiers are like magicians, they deceptively play with appearances, only letting those around them see what they want to see. With so much deception and manipulation afoot, it is essential to keep people from seeing your tricks and glimpsing your sleight of hand. Never risk being caught in your maneuvers, never let people see your devices. If that happens, you instantly pass in people's perceptions from a courtier of great manners to a loathsome rogue. It is a delicate game you play. Apply the utmost attention to covering your tracks and never let your master unmask you. Law 24 Play the perfect courtier. Part 2.